Welcome back, listeners, to Learning From Friends. My name is Kay Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure that we get to spin each other every two weeks just to kind of share life stories, life events, things that are kind of taking place around us. At this point, whenever you're hearing this episode, I will just be getting back from the UK. I'm going over and doing an experience at a Buddhist meditation center for three weeks. And so that'll be just kind of something fun. I'll maybe do an episode myself about it, just kind of explain that joy and experience. But uh, you're hearing this coming from from recording on June 11th, and this will be to you probably towards the end of July, if not the beginning of August. So as you all know, for those listeners that have been with me for 50 plus episodes now, before we get into everything, we do my mom's quote of the day. So mom, take it away. A satisfied life is better than a successful life because our success is measured by others, but our satisfaction is measured by our own soul, mind, and heart. Thank you, Mom. You provide such a great tone of starting an episode because of we sit back and we pick these quotes that you kind of send, and I feel the vibe of the podcast, and we add it in. It just carries, it lays the foundation. So thank you, Mom, for always doing that. So introducing the little topic today, there are so many different people that we see throughout our lives and you never know that kind of connection that comes in. And this is the mother of one of my really good friends that I met in middle school. We got disconnected a little bit in high school and then we got, he, we moved back and he started and we connected back in. We had Spanish together. We had other classes that we kind of connected back in. It was fun for me just to kind of have that. And every time that I go over and visit, music is everywhere inside their house. And I love it, ranging from all different genres to different like concert tickets. And she always has an amazing story of, oh, yeah, well, I just got back from such and such concert over in like Los Angeles. You're like, wait, you just traveled and got back here? Or, hey, I'm going to go see this band next week. And I've I've been to two concerts with her that we've kind of ran into each other. Not actually, we went to one together. And the other one I kind of ran into you there at. And so I associate music with this individual heavily. So, Tammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So if 99% of the audience is going to have no clue who Tammy is, can you give us like a, a short or long, however you feel like, Wikipedia summary of who is Tammy? Oh, wow. Okay. Who is Tammy? Born and raised Georgia Peach. Animal lover, music lover, single tattooed fun girl. How about that? That works 100% for it. It does. You have your two dogs. I have two cats. Yes. And it's we we love our animals. And that just kind of takes a great experience for us. Always. Now, how do we know each other? Well, as you opened it up and said, you and Dak are good friends. But the first time I ever remember laying eyes on you is when we all lived in Canton. And we used to go eat at this little pizza joint. And Dak saw you and you guys started talking. And when he came back to the table, I was like, who is that cute kid that looks like John Lennon? And he was like, that's my good friend, Kate. And then so that's how you've always been to me. And I've always kind of had that long hair back and yep. forth. That's kind and of wear pop. your cute little round glasses like you have on now. This so. is true. It does fit the John Lennon kind of look <laughs> this time around. This and then you does. were always just cool. And I think you had on two different colored shoes or something as yep. well. And I was like, okay, I like this kid. You were a kid. You're obviously a grown man now, but you were a kid then. And Dak was like, yeah, 
Cade's great. He uh, beats to his own drum. Don't always say that to you. You always go to your own, whatever that saying is, but you follow your own beat to your own drum. That's what makes life interesting, too. And, and having people that kind of support that and carry in goes a long way. Like, oh, yeah, just you you do you. I was going to do me anyway. But it's nice right. to have someone that accepts you for it. Exactly. You know? And that's always been a nice thing. And whenever you say adult, I don't know, I'm not an adult. You're not an adult. You're <laughs> as old as you want to be. To me, you're like a 16-year-old girl that's just like ready to hit the road running. That's the way I, I kind of like see you. I feel that way. As you should feel that way because you show that. That's the vibe you give off. I mean, I just had my 54th birthday and I remember being a teenager and thinking that aunts and uncles that were in their 50s were old. And how stupid was I? They weren't. They were smart and seasoned and all this. And now I'm that 54-year-old, and I hope no one's looking at me going, who's that old lady? <laughs> and you have so much wealth and knowledge to share. That's the cool thing about it from the experiences. And that's one thing I'm looking forward to hearing about the music evolution. Because as we were talking about earlier is music taste changes, music oh, yeah. stuff. And whenever you go see a, a concert or you listen to an album as a, a band evolves, you're like... I remember this band whenever they came out 20 years ago and I missed this album sound and but I respect that they've you know evolved and you do a really good job of sticking with a band for the most part even as they evolve out because you respect as an artist you respect them as an artist and I've always respected that That's you know I like that but it's also like there's certain albums and they get in your heart. So it's like you can't turn your back on them even if these artists move on and change and maybe you don't like that album or that sound as well. It's like it still takes me back to what I did fall in love with them with and I can't let go, you know? Unless they hurt an animal, thing. then I can cut them off like nobody's business. That's about the only thing someone can do where yeah. I will yeah. totally cut you off. <laughs> you have to have that lie in the sand. You really do. All right. So let's dive into, I want some music background here to share with people. This is also part of your story of, so let's jump in here. Okay. If you had to pick five favorite like singers or bands or musical groups, what would be your top five today? Okay. Today, right now, it would be Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Miles Kennedy, and that can include his Alter Bridge, his solo, his Slash. I just adore him. Bowie will always be in my heart mm. and soul. Can never give Bowie up. And I believe that's four, but I'm going to throw Jackson Brown in there because I love him too. And I always appreciate each one of those artists that you said because they all evolved. Yep. They all changed over the years. Right. And that's the neat thing about it. And to me, Bowie is oh. the definition of evolution. Absolutely. Because you change with the times. Any moment a new like album came out or a new sound, he was like ahead of the curve. Always. I feel like he was the the bar for a lot of like people. And he has that most unique, distinct voice to it. Well, like the voice is like butter. I mean, he could sing anything. Yes. And funny story. Can I go off on a story here? Oh, dude, go because side Because it tangents? is about Bowie. So, you know, my Faye is my old girl, my dog for the listeners out there that don't know who Faye is. She's my old girl. And so I had to take her to the veterinarian maybe like a month ago. And I had a Bowie shirt on. And the veterinarian said, who's that on your shirt? And I said, oh, it's Bowie. And, you know, sat up straighter so she could see. And she goes, oh, my God, I love his voice. Like, he was someone new to her. And I was like, well, yeah. She goes, I never got into him until he died. And I went back and listened to his library. And she was like, what a fantastic. And I just loved that. I mean, it was like, you're late to the game. Yeah, but good. You found him. So it was funny. That That's this woman thing. that yeah. is older than me was like, I love him. And she started singing Modern Love. She just went into oh. a key. And I just cracked up because I was like, good for you. So see, exactly. He's eternal always. And you will never know when the artist is going to find you. 
That's there the cool go. thing. You never can tell when it's going to find you, where the experience is. And I always love looking back at artists and saying, where were their influences? Where did this kind of come from? Like whenever I really got into Hendrix, I started going back to the Delta Blues and I was like, man, like this is really neat. And like you get into Robert Johnson and then you get into a whole bunch of other rains and it's like, man, I never knew this existed before. Came from the blues and stuff. So much yeah. of the people we love, that's what they loved were the blues. And oh, it's yeah. like, wow, you're right. And I never would have gone and listened to the blues if, you know, Greg Allman hadn't loved it. And like you're saying, Hendrix and Bowie and, you know, Mick Jagger and all them. So, yeah. Yeah, and I love that. I respect a lot of Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones for whenever they were early in their career and they came to the United States, go, I want to tour with these guys. Like They brought out Muddy Waters. They brought all these other mm -hmm. bands that, um, Bo Diddley, that were kind of right. like towards the end of their career. But they're like, hey, this is the bands that made us and we want to bring them back out. And it re totally reinvented a bunch of their careers as well. And they pay so much homage and they come out and they'll tell you, this is this song came from this, this song came mm -hmm. from that. You're right. And I love when bands do that rather than trying to like hide it and you don't know it. Like in the Rolling Stones were always about paying homage and telling you out in the public during the interviews and stuff. And they are definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, they can go do Mick Jaggers in this whole different level. Oh, uh, yes. So, yes. So that's a jump from, okay, we've got the bands. Okay. And what about the albums? Because you may have different albums that are not these musicians that you mentioned. Well, the first one would be Annie Lennox Diva. I love that album. I can, that is like a go to album. I love it. Her voice, every song on it, it brings back memories. I uh, just, yeah. So that's definitely one. It's hard to pick like your favorite artist or albums because there's just too many you know but yeah Annie Lennox was top I, that just came to my brain and it was diva and I love that and then of course back to our Bowie it's Ziggy Stardust that album is so good I mean all of his albums were but that's just got rock and roll suicide and just everything on it so you're like yeah this one's got to go in there Van Halen, you know, I always got to have a Van Halen. And my two favorites are not even other people's favorites. So they're getting two albums. It's Van Halen 2 because that's when I discovered them and fell in love with them. And I love that album. And I love Diver Down. I know it's got covers, but it's also got little guitars and some of the best songs ever. So those are like my two go-tos with Van Halen. And then Greg Allman, Laid Back, beginning to yes. end, that album is just amazing. And like blues and just, I love that album. So that's the neat thing about with musicians as well, bringing in their different sounds. The guitar players are so different, wide varieties. I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this past year and seeing this setup for Eddie Van Halen, I was like, oh. Eddie, like this is amazing seeing the way he's like, oh yeah, I didn't like the guitars. I didn't like the way that, so I built my own and kind of put this into place. Then I didn't like the amps that were out there. So I modified this amp and I go, those little things right there is what made them so unique too, mm -hmm. in his own style and his own bits too. That he's like, oh yeah, I wanted to add this in there, but no one was doing it, so I had to figure out how to do it, and modify. Well, and, and in the beginning, yeah. they were poor. Yep. So he couldn't afford to buy the nice pedals and this and that, so he had to build his own. So there you go. He really was a genius. He and really couldn't even was. speak English when he came to this country. So yeah, don't get me started or this whole podcast can be about Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a part two at some point. We come back and, and we discuss that. Emotions, happy, sad kind of deal. What, if you're feeling sad or you're feeling happy or feeling angry, what kind of music do you change in between for? That's a tough question to think about. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind if I'm sad and I love this album, but it I'll cry is uh, Pink Floyd, The Final Cut. 
Oh. That album is just so emotional. Roger Waters was at his best. It, it to me has got some of David Gilmore's best guitar solos. So I, if I'm sad and I know I just want to cry, <laughs> I will put that on. If an artist has just passed away, I can listen to their music and I'll lose it. So sad, those are my two answers. If I'm mad, it's all according on what I'm mad about. If you've cut me off in traffic or something, Metallica is always good. <laughs> yes. Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. It's like, you know, you, you know, you can go happy. Oh, wow. That's a, that would be anything, everything, because music makes me happy. So if I'm already happy, it's like, you know, anything. You just put it on and let it roll. I have a playlist in my Amazon music that it's got everything in it. I mean, it's got country. It's got, you know, Jay-Z and Eminem. It's got my Van Halen. It's just got everybody. If someone looked in it, they'd be like, wow, you really listened to all this? Beethoven, Mozart, you know. I just, yeah. That's the thing with genres and music is you don't have to be stuck to one. No, I hate that. If you're stuck in that corner, you're missing out Well, and so much. All these people, I mean, I'm all for going to concerts and seeing people as much as you can, but it's also like, spread the love. Why just go see one band 30 times on their tour? I don't get it. I mean, yeah, if that's your thing, but I'm also like, get out of the box and go see other folk. I mean, use yeah. some of that money, but hey, again, don't tell me what to do with my money when it True. comes to music and I want you, but I do see things and I'm like, why is she saying them five times? It's the same set list. Go, go see somebody else. But like, you know. I can't say anything. There's like three bands that I've seen like 15 times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's over a multiple year span. There. I'm yeah. talking about one tour and it's like you're going to every, you know, show of it and it's like, okay. It's like the Grateful Dead whenever you're like, hey, I'm just getting the van and I'm just going along. <laughs> now, the thing about the dead is at least they do. It's a different set list. It's a jam. I mean, you it know. It's a jam. But as much as I love them on record, I've never seen the dead live. And I wanted to prior to this retirement, but I just didn't. But then when I looked at the set list and I saw that they did only like a handful of songs, but it was like a three hour show, I was like, Okay, that means there's a lot of jamming up there, and I would have gotten tired. So yeah, that's, I, I'll just love them from afar for sure. Like Fish <laughs> is another one of those bands that yes, goes on like I've a whole that. long tangents. I've heard that, but each each band has their own desire, there and that's kind of a cool thing here. Now, in a day, if yes. you were to pick a certain time of the day that, like, you know what, I need to listen to music, or I'm going to pop on some music to kind of control my day, what is that time of the day that you're going to? Pop on your key bits of music. Well, if it's Monday through Thursday, I'm at work. So I listen to music all day when I'm at work. I start my day with it. I don't in the car on my drive because that's my uh, prayer time. That's my be quiet and do my own little thing, our our little chants, our little just being ourselves. So I don't listen on my way to work, but I do listen. As soon as I walk in, I'm like, you know, Lexa, get it going. So so at work, definitely. Sometimes on the drive home, but sometimes it's just all according to what kind of day I had, how I feel. I might want to be quiet on that drive. So if I'm at home cleaning, definitely got to clean the music. I do my dishes to music. You know, you got to, <laughs> that just helps you, you know, get the floors going, making the beds, whatever. So yeah. But a typical day, if it's Monday through Thursday, it's just during the day when I'm at work. You get home, you got uh, cooking to do, you got animals to take care of. It's all according on somebody else in the house. So that's true. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm a vinyl person. So I yes. love sitting down and plopping on the vinyl and letting it kind of run. And because I like to listen to a full album. 
Oh, like yeah. If I'm going through, I'm like, hey, I want the full thing, the full experience. Right. It's nice to have the playlist whenever you're doing certain things because you sure. have that emotion or you have that kind of vibe to it. But there's just something about the sound of vinyl. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the just, best. And yeah. people that say it's not, then they just don't know. And I mean, I grew up in the 70s, so that's all we had. It was tapes and the vinyl. And the vinyl, you could just, it's an experience. You it look is. at it. You read the liner notes, who they're thanking. You didn't know who any of these people were, but no. I liked to read it. It was like, you know, thinking, or if they threw in there, my dog, my mom, my dad, then it made you be like, oh, I, I really do like this person, <laughs> you know. And so, having the artwork, it's yes, a lot bigger. Yes. You can hold Pictures, it. You can feel and, it. And this is going to sound really weird for some people, but there is a distinct smell to vinyl as well. Oh, yeah. And it, it's the... It's a good mildew, as I like to say, because of it is molding. It is kind of changing the the because it's cardboard, but it's like you distinctly walk in there and you go, "There's vinyl in here." Mm-hmm. Like I know it. It's like walking to an old bookstore. You kind of just feel oh, yeah. that something's kind of a part of it. Like okay, okay, <laughs> you're you're exactly right. Yes, I have I have a record problem. I know I have like five hundred plus like records downstairs. Oh yeah, and it's just but it's 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 me it's like everybody has their own little collection of what they want and some people are like you have this album but why don't you have that album i go you know it is kind of what it is it's what i found or this well, is yeah. some kind of experience here that kind it of is an experience to it. i like going to the record store and just thumbing through and seeing old ones i forgot about or that i don't own i love record store day every year you know getting that list and looking and seeing what's coming out yeah, the reissues fun. or like hey this is just yeah. someone specifically putting out a single this day right it's all variety now you mentioned we talked about emotions earlier. Is there certain songs that you associate to like a memory of time? It could be one song, could be multiple songs. I'll give an example of mine: "Bittersweet Symphony" oh, by The Verve. I love that, that song. That song <laughs> I connect to my grandfather. Whenever I hear uh-huh. it, I automatically like think to my grandfather, like man, like this this song. I and I'll sit back and I'll cry, and I'll just kind of put that in place. I'm like man, granddaddy, like just it connected emotion for me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That is a good song. And I love that song as well. Uh, The first thing that popped in my head when you said that, who's a person and, you know, a song and it just is memories. It's Bob Seger and it's that song Main Street. And that always reminds me of my stepfather who has passed away, who raised me, you know, my mom's second husband. And every time I hear that song, his face pops in my head, his being David Rosser, my stepdad. It's just, and it brings back good memories. They loved Bob Seger, him and her. They played music all the time. They saw him on that tour. So that's just, that's one song that always, I hear Main Street, it's my stepdad. You got to have those moments. That's a cool thing with music as well. And I love that song too, the horn and all that in it. So it's a great song anyways, but yeah, totally. But when you were saying that verb, that verb pipe song and reminding you of your grandfather, uh, my grandfather's favorite song was Wayfair and Stranger. So anybody can do that. And I'll be in tears in a minute because that reminds me of my papa. <laughs> Ralph Stanley's version of that song to me is is my favorite version That's of that one. Just a great song. Yeah. Yes. All, all around. Like my mom will say anybody that sings I'll Fly Away, like she'll, my mom will just instantly be in tears. Yep. Like hearing that song because there's so many different connections. But that's the neat thing with some songs is I want, if I'm doing, if I want to hear a cover, I want you to add your own twist to it. Oh yeah. I want you to change something up. I want you to add something because if, if I'm wanting to hear the same version every time, like what what's different? What are you adding? Where Where's your take into the world? 
So yeah, yeah. make it yours. Exactly. If you're going to cover a song, I'd like to think it's because it's a song that meant something to you. Like if I could sing, I mean, I think I can, but obviously not professionally. <laughs> we all but sing in the shower on the road. A cover you know? song, I would pick songs that I love that mean something to me. So exactly, and I love whenever they do the albums that they have. Here is one band. But we're going to everybody, a different artist for each. So it's like a compilation mm-hmm. album. I love those. I love that. And especially when they do like smaller venues will do that of, okay, we're going to have a band. Each band's going to come on and play two or three songs for a tribute to this kind of individual. And I always love those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are always fascinating. But they take longer to do because they have each band wanting to bring up their own little stuff or taking things down. But right. But those those are kind of fun. That just kind of, it works out for me. But speaking of songs, okay. if you were stuck and there was all the music was eliminated from the world and you had to have one song that would be on repeat for an entire day, what song would you want that to be? This is always my go-to. I love this song. People look at me sometimes like I'm Medusa with snakes coming out of my head when I say this. But it's uh, Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. I freaking love that song. I can listen to it all day, anytime. His voice is so rich on it, and then just the words, the lyrics, and it's just like, you know, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, and you're like, yeah, it really is, you know. Again, another so one I of those, can listen to it. Another one of those cover songs that changed the world. <laughs> His version is just, yeah, the best. And yeah, he has that that raspy tone that no yeah. one can kind of be able to match up. and just comes from way down in him. You, you can yes. feel it. You know, it does. Yeah, you could, That's the... And the expression, as you said, you can feel mm-hmm. him through the speakers that yeah. he is having that one-on-one conversation. I with love you. that song. Oh, that is a good one. I have that on whenever my wife and I were making playlists to kind of like connect whenever we were living apart. And that was, I think, number like three. So Sweet. you got to make someone like a, a set list, a little playlist to kind of show your character. And it's in that so. playlist. I told you that's on my Amazon. That's just, you know, so is Wayfair and Strangers. <laughs> you never know. I'll go from a Metallica headbanging and then one of them will come on and I'll be in tears. <laughs> I've heard, I haven't listened to the album yet, but I heard in the new Foo Fighters album, there's a song that instantly just kind of makes you cry. I haven't heard it yet. But that's, I love when songs kind of can get that emotion out of you. I don't know which one it is because I'll be honest with you. I've only made it through about five songs because that's just still so raw, Taylor. It is. And I know that that was such a big deal for Dave to lose his mom and his best friend, his brother. So I really, I haven't gone there yet, but I plan to. Yeah, I've only done two songs so far. But I, I had a warning from one of my friends. Goes mm-hmm. when you get, you'll know the song when it gets there. I'm not going to tell you because you're going to skip to it or something like that. I'm like, but I'm with you. It's it's hard when a, a band member is lost. Yeah, and it it because it, it changes things. But I'm glad I like the drummer they chose because oh, I he, love Josh Freese. Yeah, yeah, I love that they chose him. He's it great. Really, Makes because he's getting the studio musician. He's been there. He's done that. He knows he's going to add his own twist. Yeah. Whenever you bring in someone else from another band that's established, your brain only hears that musicians from that like that band you, you think oh wait they're bringing in that sound or they're bringing in that and he has his own unique little taste that i think is not associated as much with one band because he's played with everybody 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 you look at his uh, resume and it's like yeah oh wow he did that oh my god he was on that oh yeah yeah and yeah exactly. you don't think about it he was he's the ultimate studio musician mm-hmm. but also if someone gets hurt call him he's coming on tour yeah and in a moment notice he drops his hat and just kind of goes well and he was friends with taylor so it's, it feels like it's a little bit of a divine you know that taylor's okay with that <laughs> true and he he plays 
different in a way that he has a smaller set that he plays through, mm -hmm. but he plays just as hard, but it all connects together. It, it really does. Now, when it comes to music, are you more of an instrumental or are you more kind of like the vocalist or what, what are you kind of looking for whenever you get into the song? Because there's some bands that we write the music first or we write the, the vocals first. What kind of connects to you? That's, I don't know, honestly. I just hear something and I know whether or not I like it. I mean, you know, I think it's very interesting that Elton John and Bernie Taupin are not together and they write their songs. Yes. And they are, you know, two rooms and they don't even know. And it's like, I bring this and then I bring this and we make it work. And my God, they're some of the best songs that I've ever. So, I mean, that to me is amazing that people do that. Slash writes all the music and then just gives it over to Miles and Miles puts the lyrics to it. And to me, it's like, how in the world do you do that? How do you listen to all this guitar riffing and all this and you put all these lyrics to it? You're a genius as well as a great singer. So it's just amazing to me. I'm just glad that I get the finished product and there I love go. it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the true thing. And musicians, each one's their own different little piece. They have their own minds. Like, And whenever you find that right mesh together is so exciting. And you can hear it whenever it goes in because you know a band within the first like 15 minutes, okay? Oh, this yeah. band's got clicked together. Yeah. Or this band's, they're not quite there yet, but they're sort of getting there. And especially over the evolution of like five, 10 years, one year to year three, like it, it just constantly evolves. A true musician, you know it, you see it, like you see it. I mean, I love, you know, songs, obviously, and the lyrics and whatever, but then I also just like spa music where it's just, you know, a piano or whatever. It doesn't even have to have lyrics. It's just like, it suits your mood at a certain time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Instrumentals, I can do that too. Again, so, yeah. back to your whole mood, how you're feeling. Yes. Now, what about like, are you more of an acoustic person or are you more of an electric person? Well, I'd say probably electric. I say that, but then it's like there are some acoustic albums and you're just like, or you go see somebody and it's just them acoustic without their band and you're blown away like Jackson Brown or Miles Kennedy solo. So it's like, sometimes you don't know. When you go and you're like, oh, there's nobody else here. It's just going to be them. This will be interesting. And then you're blown away. You think it'd be boring, but then it's not. That's the thing. Especially with if kind of crazy vibes. In yeah, between. Exactly. The yeah. stories in between. I didn't get to go to the Chris Cornell one. Ooh. But when he came through and did the yeah. acoustic set and he talked in between each song. Amazing. Da Dakota came and told me the next day, he goes, you missed such an amazing show uh, of him talking about each song in between. And just telling uh, stories. And then, yeah, that. Ooh. I may start crying. That was amazing. That yeah. was a great show. Another one we lost too soon. Oh, absolutely. So. That voice is just, whoo, yeah. And you can look at those generations and look through like different genres and finding that voice. Mm -hmm. That's somebody that really kind of makes them. And you can do that with musicians too. You can look at the band and go, the drummer makes the band. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the, if without the vocalist, this band wouldn't kind of fit. But it's, oh, yeah. yeah. Musicians that we lose and we gain. But it's, in my opinion, we got the pleasure of actually seeing them and being a part of them. So right. that's the biggest gift in this band. It's like, yeah, you mourn that you lost him, but man, I'm like, celebration, we had him for this long and, and he gave us what we had. music still. They're gone, but they're not gone. Exactly. They were here for a reason and for a time and left their gifts. Yeah. Now, if you're following, like, we're going to use Chris Cornell as an example. Okay. Like, how closely... Are you going to follow an individual like within a band, like a singer or a drummer, if they're moving on saying that, hey, we're going to move to a side project band or we're going to write a book or we're going to do like a TV show appearance here? How close are you following those individuals of like your favorites? Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah. 
I love the side projects. I flew to Vegas to see Taylor Hawkins. Uh, in the coattails? Uh, no, it yeah. was a Chevy Metal, his cover okay. band. Yeah. yeah. And that was my first trip ever to Vegas. And they all they did were cover songs, which were great, you know. So it wasn't like any Foo Fighters. It wasn't anything like that. It was Bowie and it was Jane's Addiction. And it was fun. They were having fun. So obviously, I follow side projects. Yeah, books. I read Dave Grohl's book. He put out Storyteller. He's a great storyteller. Duff McKagan, you know, I went to Nashville when he put out his solo album. I mean, obviously, he's known as the great bass player in Guns N' Roses, but he didn't play the bass. He wrote these more acoustic-type songs on this solo album, and it was amazing. And he played his acoustic guitar, and he was the front guy, and he sang. And it was like, this is amazing, you know, and it was a small crowd. And I was like... Are these people crazy? Where is everybody? This is Duff McKagan. You're missing it. Yeah. (laughs) And he's written books, and I haven't read all of them, but I've read one of them, and it was great, where he just gave his life advice because he's made mistakes and blew through a kidney and (laughs) all of that. He's seen a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's seen and done a lot. So, so yeah, I would say I follow him 100% if it's somebody I really care about, you know, or really enjoy. So. And I love it whenever if audio like if they do an audiobook of it, I want yes. the band member to read it. Because yes. of listening to storytellers, Dave Grohl went on some side tangents that were not in the book, and I was like, I loved it. And he's like, got a great speaking voice too. Oh, he does. So yes, it, he absolutely. does absolutely. Oh, now original lineups to like band members coming in and out. Does that matter to you at all? Solid Corno, <laughs> which member it is? I mean, obviously, if someone dies, there's nothing you can do about True. that. And I mean, we can just go back to Foo Fighters. I mean, it wasn't planned for Taylor to pass. No. And I didn't want the Foo Fighters to stop. So I'm glad that they're carrying on. But then, and I don't like this band, so I'm sorry to anybody listening if it's your favorite band. But like Leonard Skinner, I don't think that there's anybody original in that band, but yet they're still touring and they're calling it and all their people are going and seeing them. And I laugh because I'm like, Okay, I mean, yeah, go if you want to, if that's your thing. But they're not mine, so see. Yeah, it doesn't hold the same drill. I'm I'm trying to think of my bands, and it's like, no. But okay, here's perfect. If Eddie Van Halen died and they tried to, or well, he did die. What I'm trying to say is if they tried to do Van Halen, hell no. I would be holding a picket sign. There is no Van Halen without Eddie Van Halen. So <laughs> you in know, the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't even care if his son is there and his brother are there. Yes, they're both blood Van Halens, but it is not Van Halen without yeah. Eddie. So, so yeah, I guess I do have feelings one way or the other. Now, if you could form the ultimate super band, who would it be? They could be alive. They could be dead. <clears throat> in uh, any generation, different genres. Okay. So... Bass player will be Duff McKagan. Lead guitarist would be Eddie Van Halen. Rhythm guitarist, because, you know, you can have two guitarists. Uh, Stone Gossard, love my Stoney from Pearl Jam. My drummer, we're going to go with two because, you know, one guy's older, one guy's younger, so they can back each other up. It'd be Alex Van Halen and Taylor Hawkins. And then my singer, who could sing all of that and be really good? Oh, Miles Kennedy. Ooh. He can sing anything, and he loved Van Halen. He's a Guns N' Roses guy. Yeah, Miles can do that. There you go. Is that a good super group? Was that, that works everybody? for me. This do we is need your a keyboard group. player? If you want to add I them in, give- <laughs> this is your band. This is your fantasy band that you're creating here. You could have. You could be like the Grateful Dead and have like 20 members on stage. Like, 
It's however you need to be able to make the music that you need to hear. Oh, a keyboard player. Who could we do? Who do I know that's a... Oh, Chuck Lavelle. Love that guy. Georgia guy. He was an Almond Brother. He is a Rolling Stone. Let's just throw Chuck in there. Everybody loves Chuck. He could play the keys. There you go. That's a great super group. I'd be at that in a heartbeat, man. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I think <laughs> millions of people would be would dying them. for that. <laughs> And some some supergroups work, some supergroups don't work. Yeah, that's that's the challenge that you run into when you have different <laughs> personalities and different uh, ideas in yeah. music that kind of work out. My favorite supergroup, I will say, was them Crooked Vultures. <gasps> that's a great group. I, I love that supergroup. That was so John Paul Jones. Wow, it's yeah. so underrated. Everybody loves Robert Plant, of course, the Golden God, and everybody thinks that Jimmy Page is the greatest. I don't, but whatever. Again, not trying to make anybody mad out there. Everybody has their own opinions. Um, but yeah, but John Paul Jones, sweetie, and just super. And one of my favorite albums is by Cinderella that he produced. I've gone brain dead, but he produced an album by Cinderella, and it's amazing. And I can't believe I can't think of the title of it right now. It'll come to me, and I'll scream it. Do it whenever but it comes back go. to you. But yes. And Josh, oh my God. Josh Hummel, yes. Woo, there ain't nothing he can't do. His, another one of those unique voices. <sighs> another one of those, and you had so many people that could write in, and be able to bring it, bring it in. And it was just. It's a great album. It was a great album. I yeah. got lucky that I got to see them. I know. And it was such a I good show. I love that for you. Like, I didn't go to that. I love <sighs> that for you. That's, there's so many shows that, again, we all miss and we get to see yeah. and we kind of don't, but it's it's nice to be able to kind of share those memories and share but that kind of stuff. Dave on drums, I love Dave on drums always. Anytime Grohl gets on the drums, because he gets that goofy kid, like he was that skinny 19-year-old back in Nirvana when he gets back there. And he is grinning from ear to ear and sticking that tongue out. And you're like, this guy is in heaven right now. And you can, <laughs> I love that he flips his sticks around and plays with the other ends because it makes it so much louder and just builds that kind of tension to yeah. it. And he's all over the drum set. That's why I love whenever they did one of the Muppet movies and they were like, oh, we create the recreate the band of Electric Mayhem. And it was, he was the drummer. And I was like, yes. He's animal. He fits animal perfectly. <laughs> he totally does. It, it, it really does kind uh, of fit there. Yes. There's so much music out there in this world. Got I mean, it's there. endless. How do you seek out new music? How does it find you? Like, what's the world for finding new music for Tammy? Well, I'm probably bad and don't really listen to what would be considered new music, but... It could be old music that you just find. Well, like, how does music find you? Well, there's a band called The Struts. Do you know The Struts? The Struts. Yeah. They opened for the Foo Fighters. They took them on tour. And I was like, who is this band? And there were people there that w went to the show just to see them, weren't even there for the Foo Fighters. And then I was blown away how great they were and what a great front man and all that. So they were new to me when I found them. And that was thanks to the Foo Fighters. There's a station on Sirius. When I listen to Sirius, it's called The Spectrum. And they play like old stuff and then they throw in new music. Some of it's by older people and some of it's by new bands. So there's been music I've heard on there that I'm like, what is this? And I Shazam it. And I'm like, never heard of this person. I like this song. Steve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I look them up and put them in a playlist. Yeah. Dak sometimes will come in and be like, hey, mom, have you heard this song by the Pretty Reckless? And I'm like, who are the Pretty Reckless? And then he goes down the whole line of telling me who Taylor Momsford is or Momsfin, whatever her last name is. So, I mean, sometimes it's just somebody telling you about you need to listen to this. You would like this. So And always keeping the open mind. Oh, yeah. I always listen to anything. You know, if, uh, at least once. 
If I don't like it, it's like, don't need to hear that again. If I do, it's like I said, Shazam and add it to a playlist. Yeah. And create, that's the cool thing I do love that we have that technology now yeah. of being out in a club. It's like, I like this song. What Overhead is this? music, exactly. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I don't know what this is. Or you hear somebody doing a cover of a song that yes. you know, and you're like, I've never heard this cover. Who is this? And you, yeah, exactly. And I love that it has that feature to save. Because mm -hmm. if not, you're like trying to get on a pen and paper and trying to write it down. <laughs> or if you're like on, if it's back in the 90s and having to get out the cassette player to be able to hit record whenever it comes on the radio. Can I listen this up later? Or can oh, I hear this? Yes. Yeah. Waiting for the radio to play. I grew up in that generation. Waiting for the radio to play your favorite song so you could hit record and yep. you could get it because there were no singles, no CD singles, no tape singles. You either had to wait and buy the whole album or just be able to save it. Or let's do it on the radio. Exactly. That's and when we had radio and you could call a disc jockey and they actually answered the phone and you could say, hey, play that new song by whoever. You you rarely have that anymore. And I miss on 99X where they used to do Sunday school and they would also like play the acoustic versions of stuff yeah, yeah. or pull in and say, hey, like call in and give us a song cover. That was like a cover of the day kind of deal. Right. And then they would have the bands that were coming into town come in and sit in the studio oh, yeah. and talk to you. Like I still remember clear as day. I was seeing Zwan, one of Billy Corgan's solo bands when he, after the Smash of Pumpkins broke up and they came on and they recorded, it was acoustic set on 9NX. And I was like, this is better than the show that I went to. Yeah. Just like sitting here and listen to this because they talked between the songs and they maybe pulled in a different instrument and, and because of its acoustic, it felt a little bit more intimate and changed. But that one still is one that impacted me and kind of just reminded me, wow, this is, there's so many different ways to engulf in one song yeah. that's out there. It's true. So, it can change it if it's a rock song, like something that the Pumpkins did that was more rocky. And then if they did it, it slowed down, I'm sure. And his voice is so unique. I know oh, yeah. some people can't stand it. I love it. You know, I'm a Pumpkins fan. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. When they did Landslide, I was oh, like, I oh, I love that. It was his own twist. Slide. Yes. Yeah, his own little twist there. He loved it. And so like we talked about, put his spin on it. Yep, yes. Totally did. <laughs> if you were going to recommend, it could be a new artist or it could be an artist that you have from the past that you're like, hey, this band gets overlooked. Listen to this band. Pull up something that you would say you want to listen to. What would be a recommendation? It could be an album. Could be a single, just a single song. Could be a variety of different stuff. This is a hard question that kind of that pops up. That is a up. hard question. Like for me, I will throw out one of my recommendations of uh, Dum Dum Girls, the album End of Days. Like that album is one of my top five favorite albums of all time, but no one ever knows the band. And it's literally like Dum Dum, like D-U-M, D-U-M, Girls. And it was an all-girl group. I don't know them. And yeah, yeah it's just... It's one of those albums that for me, it just kind of sticks out. I, I finally, the other day, tracked down the vinyl version and was able to buy it and bring it in. In an Atlanta band, All the Saints, Ooh. Fires on Court, Corridor X. They were only around for a couple of years, but that was one of my all there. Like, it's, it's a top 10 album for me. I'm like, wow. Like, there's local bands that we miss that no one ever knows about or no yeah. one ever hears. And then it kind of pops up like all the saints opened up for them cooking vultures because uh, they picked them out saying this band their drummer jim and when the two jim and dave Grohl were standing next to each other and go that is the best drum duo of all time right there and dave made a comment he goes i heard this band perform you felt like Jim was gonna come come across the drums and like destroy you, <laughs> like this is like oh my because it's, it's the energy that Dave Grohl had. 
So I like when bigger bands come, and this has happened back. So going back to what you were just saying, when they come and they get these openers, and they are like local, like Allison Chains loves to do that. Yeah. So they had like uh, this band. What are they called? A uh, Starbenders, I think, is their name, and they're from Atlanta. And never heard of them, and now I see them popping up all the time, playing all around Atlanta. And they've gone out. The Struts have had them open for them. So it's like. You go to a town, you should seek out if you're a bigger group and say, let's let's get some local bands to yeah. open. And you never know what you're going to wind up finding. Like, that's that's the cool thing about when I love that. I love when the artist picks their opening acts. It's yeah. not the venue. It's the artist. Right. And because of that, you're going to see a little bit more insight into that band as well. Like, that's, that's kind of cool. And I love when bands start their own record labels. And they and they kind of you see a little bit of their taste of whenever they're bringing in an artist and kind of put something out there. It's always good. I don't know if I can say this word on here. Uh, it should be okay. It's the name of a band, Thunder Pussy. They are amazing. <laughs> and I yeah. saw them open up for Jerry Cantrell earlier this year, and the guitar player would blow anybody away. And she came to the microphone and said, "So up here in the balcony tonight is my family. I'm a local girl, born and raised in Marietta, Georgia." And I was like, "Oh." and they're amazing so back to your how do you get in this is great when they get these bands they're not local she was but you know yeah. it's still good and they were a good opener and that's a good band your recommendation i'm going to go with because i keep talking about allison chains so he must be in my brain is william duvall who sings for mm -hmm. allison chains he is amazing and he has put out two solo albums and that guy can sing like no one and he plays the guitar amazingly and sometimes it's like Stepping into the shoes of someone that passed away, they kind of get pigeonholed or whatever, but he shouldn't. So I'm recommending him. People should go listen to his two solo albums, William DeBall. And then I'm going to put, there's going to be a lot of music uh, as a heads up throughout the description here, but I'm going to go through and pick certain things to kind of put down there uh, for people to kind of go through and listen when there's like recommendations and stuff. So look to the, uh, the description later to kind of find a little bit of different information that's kind cool. of out there. It may wind up being three pages long, four pages long, but I'm going to try to go through and kind of <laughs> write some things in there that maybe people don't think about. Yeah, I like that. So you, we're going to go from the recommendation. We've talked about the artist, talked a little bit about your music background. That's go to another phase of your, from you're sitting in the car to you're at the music venue. Okay. You're going to a show. What was your first concert? Oh, that's easy. Sean Cassidy, 1978 at the Omni in Atlanta, and we had floor seats. My mom worked with a guy that had an inn at the Omni, and he was able to get us tickets. And she took me and my older sister and my aunt went, and I was blown away because I was on every Sunday, watched, you know, the Hardy Boys, Nancy G Drew Mysteries, and loved him. And so that was my first concert, Sean Cassidy, and I still had the ticket stub, and the tickets cost like $5.50. Yeah, we were having that discussion earlier about how <laughs> concert prices have gone from like, hey, you know, $10, $15 to now like, holy moly, like $2,000 right? to sit and just listen to this band. And you're like, I yeah. Know. No, like, where's coming? And then the fees now that are killing everything. That's oh. the thing, you know. Maybe having a little bit more expensive tickets. Okay, if I knew that when I got on there that my ticket was two hundred and fifty dollars, and then that was it. But yep. then when you go to the checkout and it bumps up to like three hundred twenty-five, and you're like, "Wow, okay." I wish I would known this from the beginning. Yeah, like because you you can't predict what the service fee is. My cat Zinson just walked in, and so you may hear in the background some crunching of some Cutie. some food. He he's been laying down on the back guest bed for a while because it's never open. So he's like, "Oh, yay!" 
I may have to let him out here in a minute, but we'll, we'll see kind of where that goes. But roughly how many concerts, if you had to estimate, how many concerts have you oh. been to over your lifetime? Just, it doesn't have to be precise. It could be like a rough estimate, ballpark. You would have to think thousands, right? I mean, I'm 54. I started when I was, what, 7, 8, 1978. I was born in 69. So, yeah, what, eight years old? Um, good night. Thousands. Yeah. Because I've seen Van Halen alone 30 times. So you put it like that. If you've seen a band that many times and then, you know, Foo Fighters, what, 10, 15? Yeah. Thousands. I have no idea. It's thousands. That's one thing that I always respect and love seeing your ticket stubs that you have up and having all this oh stuff mixed around. And yeah. whenever you say, oh, yeah, I've seen this band this many times and that many times, I always, again, this is why I picture you when it comes to music of, yeah. yep. There's my standard. Just well, to be able you, know, to know. you walk in the house and what is it? The first thing you see are just, you know, pictures and posters hanging up all over the house. So, yeah. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> it, you, and you said you've seen some bands, 30, 15. Which band have you seen the most? It would still it'd be Van Halen 30 times when uh, EVH passed away and I found all my uh, ticket stubs and I started going through the memory banks and whatever. They they still hold the record. That's amazing. Of 30 times, because I saw them from 81 up until he died, any time I got a chance. I even went to the OU812 tour when I was eight months pregnant with Dakota. <laughs> so I told him, I said, actually, your first concert was Van Halen. You were just in my stomach. And I went by myself to that. So, But, at, but at eight months, he really could hear everything <laughs> and really kind oh, of get kicked. that experience. Yeah, he was a kicker. <laughs> so for sure, like that. That's probably, you know, that's how he gets all his his oh, love for yeah. music is definitely 100% from you. The you way started I got it, early. it from my mom. Yeah. It was always music in the house. Always. And that changes everything for so many people. Going to a concert, there are so many just elements that go to it. Who, in your opinion, is the best front man that really kind of connects him to a show? You could have two or three if you want to. And why do you like that individual? I, I'm just, I'm going to go with Jagger. He just knows what to do. I mean, he dances, he dresses good, but not like over the top. He sings, he tells his stories. He's funny, the way he moves. He's just those long, skinny arms. I'm going to go with Jagger. You can't beat that stage presence. No. That's the biggest thing. He is owns it. You have to, yeah, you have to get the crowd involved entirely. I've seen the Stones three times, and they are amazing. I mean, and he just, sympathy for the devil, and he has that top hat on, and he comes out in the long coat with tails, and you're just into it. And then, yeah, I'm giving it to him. I mean, as much as I love Paul Stanley and getting on the high trapeze thing and flying over the crowd and all that, I mean, I love him. He's a great front man. But again, that's a show. That's a makeup. That's a flamboyant. That's all of that. If I'm just going to go with somebody that comes out and sings and dances and talks and interacts, I'm going to give it to Jagger. Hey, I I believe that 110% of that. And he, he, even... As he's getting up in age, he's like a fine wine. He just keeps getting better. And, and the band, the way they perform, the more and more knowledge they get into it, it's just like, oh, I mean, you can't beat it. Yeah, no. I saw him the last time they were here. What was that? Like a year or so ago. And I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. That huge yeah. arena down there in Atlanta. And I mean, everybody was on their feet. 
the entire time and and he never stopped and you're like okay this is it you are you are the king <laughs> it's i mean 100% true 100% true when it comes to that and everybody has their own different opinions oh yeah and so that's that's why we say hey well hey you we can you. even say the little i like luke spiller i love from the struts he is an amazing front guy and again dances and sings and he wears all his capes and stuff and gets you into it you know when they play the small places he's fantastic can't take your eyes off of him so one when he's 70, I fully expect people will be, the younger generation will be saying him like I'm saying Jagger. As it should be. And that's the cool thing is every person should have their different opinions, their different ideas. And that's what makes it so fascinating is everybody's going to take different references and different stuff from other people and they build and grow. Oh, yeah. And it should be. It's the beauty of music. Now, when going to a concert, some people have rituals that they go through before <laughs> going to a show. Do you have a pre-show ritual? Well, this is defined by if it's a general admission and I'm going for rail, then, you know, you eat early, you make sure that you got comfortable shoes, you get there early because you're going to be camping out and wait for that door to open so you can make a run for the rail. If it's a seated event, uh, you know, then we'll usually have a drink and go out to eat, take our time, but I always like to get there and be in line before the doors open because I want to get in, get to the merch, get to the restroom, get me another drink or whatever, find my seat. I'm not one of those running in by the skin of your teeth kind of people, so... You got to see the opening bands. You got to see everything because yeah. you never know the experience of you what's going on. You don't know what? Yeah, exactly. What's going to happen? It's true. And sometimes you never know when you're the first person at the merch table. This just happened to a friend. If you bought the CD or the album at the Brian Adams, Joan Jett, if you bought Brian Adams' new CD for $20 or the vinyl for 30 you were the, one of the first 100 people. They gave you a wristband and they got to meet him after the show and wow. he signed it. But they're not advertising that. So, hey, why wouldn't you get there on time and go straight to the merch? You never know when something special is going to be going on. That's true. That's true. It, 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 they're not going to do it every show, but that's the thing. If you never you know, never can so tell. get there and go. If you're going to buy a shirt anyways or look at what they got, go ahead on. And if you're getting down there early to get kind of in line, you never know if you're going to run into a musician at a coffee shop or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You never yeah. can kind of tell. Yeah. If you stick around, just kind of just see. Because some, well, yeah. some places, that they do that. Oh, crap, we haven't ate yet. Let's go out and grab something real quick. True. Lined up for the rail back in uh, January at the um, Alter Bridge show. And uh, Mammoth was opening, which is Wolf Van Halen's band. And two of the guys that are in his band, uh, Frank Sidoris, and I'm very sorry I'm blanking on the other guy's name right now, but I saw him walking and I was like, hey guys, and started screaming. And they were like, okay, she sold us out. <laughs> they went <laughs> back, but it was like, hey. And I was lined up early. Had I not been there, I wouldn't have seen them. So there you go. That's a win. That's a win. <laughs> Going in, you're getting to the rail. You're getting started into the concert to get ready. Do you have like an etiquette that you think people should be able to follow come in? Because I have pet peeves with phones. Whenever someone's oh, yeah. standing there on the phone and they're looking at trying to focus, I'm like, you're missing the concert. You're looking behind the phone. Well, don't block my yeah. view with your phone. True. I mean, no. Oh, yeah. Concert etiquette has gone downhill. First off, get off me. If I'm in front of you, you getting right up on me is not going to get you any closer. So I have sharp elbows and I have used them. <laughs> you know, don't. There's no reason to. The only thing in front of me is the rail. What are you, You're not going to split me in half. I'm not going anywhere. So get off of me. And I have had to tell people that. Like you're saying, I'm fine with taking a picture. I don't go to live through my phone. I'm not recording a whole thing, but you can hold your phone in front of yourself and not up over your head yes. and take pictures because I have done it. So, you know, 
You don't need to hold it up and be blocking everybody. I can't stand signs. Nobody cares that it's your kid's first concert. I don't care. They don't care. People hear me. No one cares it's your kid's first concert. Taking a sign. And I hate all the people that want to play drums with Dave Grohl at the Foo Fighters shows that take all those. Put your sign down. Just, he's not going to pull you up and let you play drums. He made the mistake of doing that one time. Now everybody does it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you do it once or twice and everybody expects it. And if you're going to drink, that's fine. But keep your beer to yourself. I don't want to go home smelling like a brewery when I didn't drink. Having it go down my back or all over my feet because I'm a flip-flop girl because I'm a born and raised Georgian and <laughs> there ain't snow on the ground and I'm wearing my flip-flops. I don't want to be sliding around in your beer because you couldn't hold on to it. So yeah, those are a couple of my pet peeves. The pushing through with like two or three beers too, like you're holding oh. it and trying to go on from the, the back rail, to the front. Really? Gosh, no. You're, you're going to come seat up then, or yeah. stand in the back because if you you're clearly there to drink and have a social hour, and that's another thing. Cannot stand talking at concerts. I agree. I can talk to you when you're beside me. I don't need to hear everybody's combo of screaming. If you're screaming, then that means that the music's playing and that you don't need to be talking. If you're singing the song, that's, that's fine. fine. But I'm it's like if you're having a side conversation. And how you, many have you been to it. where they're talking about having their floors redone or they're going to the beach next week and you're like, are you kidding me? There is a concert going on. Yeah. Yep. In entirely. Yeah. Now, what makes a good venue and what makes a bad venue? Good venues are small venues. <laughs> I love small venues. Uh, the people that have got it together, that when the doors open, they're getting you in safely. You're getting in there. It's clean. That makes a good venue. Bad venues, again, are the beggars. I don't think the sound is as good. I feel like it bounces around off the ceiling. But I mean, again, if you want to see somebody and they're big enough and they're playing a, an outdoor huge arena or, you know, the bins down in Atlanta, I'm going to go see them and try to get the best seat I can. But I prefer I like the smaller venues. I think they're nicer. I think the sound is better. Setting up a venue can go a long way and getting good acoustics. Oh, my gosh. If you have like cement floors, it could it could be negative because some, but it could be positive. It depends upon how you have everything else in the building set up. It really can if you have like a little bit of the musician absorption, like acoustic pieces or something like that. Having good speakers goes a long way as well. Like if you don't, oh, it can it can really end a concert in a, in a negative way for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, you know more about all that technical stuff than I do, but I can certainly say that I have been to some where you're just like, okay, this sound is not great. Going into a crowd, what would be the perfect style crowd for you at a concert? What would that be for you? It could be indoors. It could be outdoors. And how like just people around you, how are they like acting that would be like, this is perfect. Oh, when they're into it and not telling you to sit down or asking you, can they're short, can they get in front of you? It's like, again, not so much with the phones. I don't care if you're taking pictures or want to record your favorite song they're singing keeping your beer to yourself. <laughs> Everything that makes it bad, what makes it good is not having all of that. Or if it's a sit-down crowd, I'm fine with sitting down. You know, if you know a certain artist or certain or there's certain songs, when this comes on, everybody's going to stand up and it's like, I'm going to stand up even if I don't like that song particularly because it's like, this is my chance to stand up. You yeah. know, I'd rather, I'm a stander, so I like general admission and I like being on the rail. But, you know, not all people are that way and especially the older crowds and the older bands you know but yeah i'm just be courteous you know that's the whole thing 
That's true. Whenever you come in, like whenever I see a mosh pit going on, my brain goes, oh no. If you're in the mosh pit, you pick a person up if you fall. You got to be respectful of that. If you know that you're everybody's getting in there, but I don't want the guy that's coming and throwing bows like to actually like, hurt you. Like, dude, if you're going to do a mosh pit, be kind. Pick the guy up next to you. And if you see people around you that are not wanting to be a part, don't drag them into it. And don't go slam up against them. Find, find your space in that range if you're wanting to do that. And uh, if yeah, I'm not a mosh pit person, me but, either. but I, I feel like running. there there needs to be a little bit of like kindness and courteous. This Always. Man. So as with anything, just, yeah, don't be a jerk. Number one yes. rule. Don't be a jerk. Yes. Don't be ugly. Yeah. Now going to concerts, I, you said earlier you went to Vegas, you've mm-hmm. been kind of different spots. What's the furthest you have traveled for a concert? I've been to LA and to Vegas, so whichever one of them is uh, further away, then that would be it. I've been to New York, but I think that's probably a closer trip, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so Vegas or LA. I haven't been out of the country, but I just got my passport. Oh, there you go. It's happening. It's happening. I've seen a couple of shows over in the UK that I've gone in, in Britain and London and seen a couple of shows. I even got to see uh, Foo Fighters at Wembley Arena, not Stadium, but I got to see Foo Fighters at Wembley Arena. Amazing. Like, yeah. Which was mind blowing. Like, right. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I want to go to something over there. I wanted to go recently to that Jeff Beck uh, Memorial. Oh, yeah. But I didn't have the uh, passport yet. It's It was in process. It's now been mailed to me. So, huh, you know. You so. never can tell how fast something's going to arrive or not arrive yeah, yeah. in that kind of range. Yeah. Now, if you had to pick your top five concerts that you've been to, what would, you can say more if you want to, but what would be some of your top five concerts you've attended? Because <sighs> that's definitely hard to the thousands of concerts well, you've gone to. The very first Van Halen show was the Hide Your Sheep, which was the 1981. So I was a youngling. What's that? 11, 12 at most. It was before Diver Down came out. And I went with my sister and her coworker and I was blown away. I mean, it was loud and it was just, yeah, that was a great one. Any Coldplay, I love them, and they put on the best live concerts, and I have seen them a half a dozen times, and everyone is amazing to me. I love them. So underrated. Neil Diamond with my mom, because A, it's my mom, and that's her favorite person, and he was such a great performer. Chris Cornell, that that solo one like you we were just talking about was amazing. And Greg Allman. We used to see him for New Year's Eve, ringing in the new year, also at Atlanta Symphony Hall. He used to do that when he was still alive every year. Those were fun shows. Yeah, going to the Pops at the Symphony Hall is always phenomenal. I love Symphony Hall. Yeah. It's a great arena. It doesn't matter where you're sitting at, the bottom or the top. It's, Back to the acoustics. Yep, there you go. It is the perfect acoustic setup. That's the, yep. the main reason why. Those would be a few of the greatest, I think. There's been plenty that were amazing. I mean, the Stones, like I said, the Who were amazing, Lucas Nelson. But yeah, I'll go with those first few I said as just being really the ones that stick out. Now, going to concerts over the years, there are some bands that are studio musicians that Mm -hmm. are great, and there's some bands they don't translate to live. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to some of those where you're like, man... I, I kind of regret this a little bit because they just it didn't translate right. Or does it matter to you? Oh, it matters. If I spend money and I go see you, I want to be blown away and have a great time. And I know people are going to throw daggers at me on this. But when you say what's the worst concert I've ever been to, it was Neil Young. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. That's what you would think, right? Yeah. 
he is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love his uh, music. I love his albums. Uh, not all of it, but majority. And it was him solo because I have seen Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and they were amazing. He didn't do a lot of the stuff I wanted to hear, which, I mean, I get that, you know, hey, Bruce does that, Pearl Jam does that, they do what they want to do, and I respect that, but yeah, it just wasn't for me, I, I wasn't blown away by him, and I've seen him twice, I even gave him a second chance, and it was the same way the second time, so yeah, I'm going to give it to him. And there, there always is that that one, and everyone, I'm sorry. but no, that, that is your opinion. I people are going to dagger me, you know, but it's like, that he just wasn't for me. And that's that's the cool thing about it. Everyone has their different view to it for it. And you've gone to several like meet and greets and fan oh, stuff yeah. over the years. Yeah. Who was some of the like the nicest people and like most approachable? Well, okay. So first off, my thing with the meet and greets are that if you are going to offer a meet and greet, then you should always be kind to your fans. You, you know, you should be in a good mood. You should be, hey, nice to meet you. Good to see you. Thank you for coming. So they're not always that way. That's true. You know, and I guess they think that you're a little, hey, and we get a quick pick and here's your bag of goodies and get get on out of my way is the way of it. So I don't care for that. Well, you know, we met Kiss. That was amazing. I got to hug Paul Stanley, but that was just like a meat locker. Get them in, get them out. But they weren't rude. They just had so many that they sold. Actually, my favorites have been Alter Bridge and Miles Kennedy because they keep it small and they take their time and you really do. And it's still distance. So I don't like that. You don't get hands on, but they're right there at you. Like they're up on the stage. You're standing right at the stage. So, I mean, you still get that hay and you get to interact with them. And all those guys are just great guys down to earth. Actual ones where I've got to meet them and hug them, you know, those are amazing where you actually get to look them in the eye and hug them and all that. I mean, I've not had a bad experience, but you definitely have the ones that are more warm and fuzzy versus the ones that aren't. I mean, I met Jerry Cantrell earlier this year and I was nervous, thought I was going to throw up and I had an Eddie Van Halen shirt on. And when I walked up, Jerry's not warm and fuzzy, but when you walked up, I mean, he was like, hey, you know, thanks for coming kind of thing. And then he looked at me and I was like, oh, my gosh, what are you looking at? And he goes, who's on your shirt? You know, because it yeah. was kind of, you know, we touched a little bit down. Yeah. And so I stood up straight and I pulled it down and I said, oh, it's EVH. And he was like, who? And I said, EVH. And he goes, oh, my friend, EVH. And it was like, then he totally became warm and fuzzy. And I think a lot of people think that if they wear a certain band's shirt to see them or to meet them, that it's going to make them be like, oh, you're my fan. And it's like, of course you are their fan. You paid for the You paid to be great. there. Yeah. So of course you're going to. So I've gotten into this thing since EVH passed away. I always wear an EVH shirt to every concert because uh, he's my man. I figure everybody else loves him. I'm putting it out there. And I have found that people are always like, Miles Kennedy's like, oh, Eddie, you know, and, and Jerry, it warmed him up. And I mean, that's not the reason why I do it, but it just makes me like them more to know that they cared about They him, connect. You know. Yeah, that connectability. So, yeah, I'm a fan of the meet and greets because, you know, you pay that little extra, but you're meeting them if it's somebody that means something to you. And then also you usually get in the venue early so you that's can get true. your spot on the rail. You're definitely and a rail girl. It. Yeah. You're a rail, rail girl. That's It's worth it. Now, whenever you're at the concert for 
some of them like like Alice Cooper does. It's a stage show. Oh, God, like whenever yeah. it comes in there, are you a fan of the pyrotechnicians kind of that goes into being that close to the stage? Do you think it helps the, or do you think it takes away from the concert? Is it important to have those different types of bands? What's your opinion on that? Oh, I like a show. It's a good show. Alice is one of the best. Love yeah. him. I am so sad that I've never seen him. But You I've, have to. I've seen all the different live videos that they've kind of done in specials. And I'm like, that looks amazing. He is so good. It's the show and the beheading and all that dancing <laughs> with the dead doll. And I mean, yeah. And I love the fact that his wife is in his band and yes. his daughter is in his band. The, I mean, they do the stage show. So I guess you say band, but they don't play instruments. I love that. Um, he's great. I love all that. And Kiss, oh, back to that. I love all that blood spitting and firing and all that because that's what you're going for. You know, you're going for a show. But then again, I like the ones that just do their own thing and maybe have some screens and show you like some old videos or pictures. I like that. And there's always a, a rhyme or a reason for doing something. Sure. And being on the rail sometimes that could be getting the pyro. It's like, oh man, now my like ears are deaf for the rest yeah. of the kind of show. I'm trying to think about being on the rail and who did anything like that, honestly, because at Alice, I've always been in a seat a few rows back, so I get to see everything. Kiss, I've been on the floor, but you're further back. They don't have rail. They never let anybody up at the stage. So I'm thinking, you know, sometimes you can be all the way back and feel that fire coming up like at Motley Crue or whatever. And it's like, man, I feel that. And I'm like, 20 rows back. Imagine, imagine what it feels being, like. Yeah. Right. On the stage. Exactly. So, yeah. Do you have any upcoming shows that you're getting ready to kind of go into? Because you always have like months out list oh, of, yeah. of, of that. And I love that. Well, as of this taping and not as of when it's actually going to air, going to my next one is Foo Fighters in Alabama. Oh, you're so, going to drive down? Yep. And that's going to be the first time I'm seeing them just as the Foo Fighters without Taylor. You know, I went to Taylor's a tribute show in L.A. last September. So, I mean, I got the other guys and they did some Foo Fighters songs, but they mostly did all the stuff that Taylor liked and had people there. So this will be my first Foo Fighters show. Was that the one that his son came up and played to or is that the one that he played in England? Shane was at both. Yeah, he yeah. was at both. Yeah. That was intense. He's amazing. Videos. Yeah. yeah. And but Josh was there, who's now with the food. Yep. Rufus was there, you know, who's the darkness's uh drummer, but then also is Roger Taylor's son, who looks like splitting image. Yeah. yeah. It's like kind of freaky, right? So yeah, that one's coming up. Uh that's my next one. It's Friday. So yeah. Looking forward to it. It's gonna be emotional, but it'll be fun. But that's sometimes the healing comes yeah. from those kind yeah. of moments like that. If you could reunite a band. All original lineup, or you can pick a different lineup for it. What band would you reunite? It could just be for one show that you could that you're gonna get to attend to. Van Halen. But I want it to be the super group Van Halen that they talked about they were going to do, but EVH got sick and passed on that had all members, you know, oh, everybody? DLR had Sammy and they were even going to get Gary from the one album that he sang, which Gary Sharon, by the way, is very underrated and Extreme is very underrated. Love them. But it would have had, I want Wolfie there. I want Mikey there. I, just the Van, all Van Halen, that super group. If I, if that could have happened, that I would have been the happiest person alive. That would have been so good. You could attend any venue in the world because there's so many music venues out there. Where would it be and why? Royal Albert Hall 
And that is John Lennon's fault because of that song where he's, how many holes does it take to fill the Albert Hall? I always wanted to go there from that song. And then my girlfriend got to go to the Jeff Beck tribute show and they did the tour the day before of just the venue and went and she posted so many pictures. It's gorgeous. And I mean, it's just like historic and everybody, you know, Eric Clapton holds the record for playing the most there. And Cornell, you know, he played there and actually uh, oh, a guy came over for the Cornell tribute show that I met and he had that tattooed on his arm, the Royal Albert Hall in the background and Cornell's face. Wow. Because he went and saw him. While, and I mean, that just so it Royal Albert Hall, that's where I want to go. And you've met some really interesting, amazing people throughout the, uh, going to your concerts. And you you meet amazing. up people yeah. in in travel with, with some of them. Yeah. Don't oh, you from yeah. time to time yes. that you My meet food up? people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing that I like about the followings of groups, that you can find people that you connect with and yeah. they bring different stories. They bring different experiences to it. And it's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the show. Are you going to the show? Okay, cool. Let's meet up and like right. have a beer. Or hey, let's meet up and we can split a hotel room, save a little bit of money oh, or something. That's happened. Like, I have my one girl, Angela, that I've been friends with since 2015 because of the Foo Fighters, and we meet up. We're gonna see each other Friday in Alabama, but she has we sleep together. We did in L.A. for the Taylor. We share and we always sleep together because we know we like each other, and we did it in uh, Tennessee for a Foo Fighters in Nashville. Yeah. Didn't you do the one here in Atlanta before the Super Bowl show? That was my girlfriend, Mindy, yep. that you yep. met from Chicago. Exactly. Yes. Oh, that show was so good. That yes, was a yes, good yes. one. I enjoyed that. That was a great one. I think that was number three that I saw, saw them on that one. That was really cool. That was the last one with yeah. Taylor for us. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And thank you for that. Like, Dakota gave me that ticket. It's like, oh, we have an extra one. I'm like, <laughs> okay, what do I owe you? Like, <laughs> this is amazing because we got in early too. Yes. And everything. That was, oh, that was, it was so that good. It was fan club tickets. Yep. Yes. It was. So it good. Was. Was. So good. Now that's starting to kind of like wind down as we're going through kind of the episode here because if I like to give people that I don't like to take up too much of a person's time because an hour to like hour and a half is that sweet kind of spot for me. Okay. Now is there things that I didn't cover that like, hey, Cade, we got to talk about this real quick. That That's like, you overlook this. <laughs> oh, I don't think you overlooked anything. You know, I could talk about music all day, every day. We've done good. I would like to tell a little story, and it's not about me. It's about my mom. Do it. Can I tell this? Yeah, totally. So the reason why I'm the way I am is because of her. And this is a great story. She loves the Bee Gees, which I love the Bee Gees. Dak loves the Bee Gees, so that just proves when you're raised on something, it carries down. And she saw them in Atlanta back in the day they came, and she met some guys from the band, and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll introduce you to the Bee Gees. And my mom got on the tour bus with these horn players wow. and these secondary players from the Bee Gees band back in the day. And my aunt and uncle that she went to the concert with had to get in the car and follow her all the way to Alabama to get her off. When they stopped at a truck stop, they were like, get off the bus. You have kids. You're not going on tour with the Bee Gees. And I love that story. That is amazing. So I'm like, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Because if you don't think I'd get on somebody's tour bus and go with them, I wouldn't have heartbeat. <laughs> that is, I never knew that. Like, <laughs> yes. that is so cool. And you know, here. mom, and you know how oh, yeah. crazy she is. She is, she is a bundle of joy. 
And when she gets on the topic, like you do as well, whenever you find a passion, you're just like, you light up, like just light up. And it's so fun. That's why I like these conversations of getting to see someone like that joy and sitting down like one-on-one like this, you really get to like feel that no. kind of like aura in that kind of range of some people like, oh, aura, what? But I'm like, yeah, you feel that aura, you feel that presence. Well, you know, they they love it or really feel that way because like you say, they're talking and they're looking off and their eyes are glistening or they're grinning ear to ear and you're like, okay, she's in the moment. <laughs> yep, she's there. You, you've hit the sweet spot. You've hit that nice little sweet, sweet spot. Now, is there any last minute words of wisdom? It could be anything. It doesn't have to connect to music that you would just like to share with the world to kind of put out there. Always buy the ticket. You, if you want to go to something, I say do it. Don't ever say I'll see them next time they come around because there are people you won't. I, I'm speaking from experience. So, you know, never got to see Scott Weiland live and they came to town several times, yeah. you know, and I love STP. So he it was like, you know, stage. I never got to see Chester, you know, and I love Lincoln Park. So it was like, you never know when something's going to happen. And it's like, I got to see Audio Slave, and I didn't even want to go. Something was going on that night. My, me and my girlfriend were supposed to go. And even though it was Cornell, I wasn't as much into the whole rage side of it. And she was like, no, Tammy, you got to go. And I was like, all right. I said, you're driving, you know, and all this. And I had all, I went, I was up there throwing my arms, singing all those rage songs. I thought, I, and now he's gone, you yeah. know, and it's like, what if I hadn't? And not that many people got to see Audio Slave live. I was lucky True. enough to see him with them with Soundgarden and Solo. So, you know, always buy the ticket if you don't wait because you are never guaranteed. And me and my mom went to the last Neil Diamond show before he... The diagnosis. Yes, yeah. before his Parkinson's diagnosis. He canceled that tour and we bought those tickets the day before. We were down to the wire. Oh my gosh. And we went and we had a ball and he was amazing. And then it wasn't even like, I don't even think it was a month later, he canceled his tour. And it was like, wow. Great words of wisdom there. always go. Buy your ticket. Do it. Yeah, I remember seeing the last tour that Robin Williams did when he was doing a sit-down talk with people. Literally less than a year or two later, it was like, he's gone. And I'm going, man, I'm glad I I went and got to see that because Robin Williams is one of my favorite comedians of all time. And same with, I went and saw Eddie Izzard perform at another great comedian at the Fox. And I got, and I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to go see this. I'm not going to go do it. But it turns out that was one of his last times of performing on a tour in the United States because he became a politician that he put in over in the UK. And it's like, wait a second. Like you never, as you said, you never know. Yeah. You never can tell. And a band could break up tomorrow. You never know when someone's going to kind of get into a fight and just cancel it all exactly. up. Exactly. So, or a band member's going to pass away, and it's just not the same kind of because you have that connection right. with that person. Yeah. And that, and that's that's always challenging. Tammy, thank you for this like lovely gift that you have given me today of sitting and just having this lovely conversation. Oh, it's been so fun. <laughs> so <laughs> fun. I loved it. <laughs> You're easy to talk to. I've always loved you. So this was good. I'm sorry it took us so long, but at least we finally nailed it down. But it happened. That's <laughs> right. the key thing at the end of the day. But it happened. There you go. So as the listeners know, as we come kind of towards the end here, you, if you want to reach out to me and I can connect you with Tammy, if we'll filter through things because I just want to respect her piece, uh, you can reach to me through Facebook. You can reach through through Twitter. It's Learning From Friends Podcast. You can email me at Cade, which is spelled C-A-D-E at learningfromfriends.com. I have a Patreon page. If you'd like to donate, feel free, dollar, $10. 
$100, whatever you're feeling comfortable with <laughs> on that. Um, but if you have just general question, reach out. If you're curious about a previous guest or any of the guests that I've had, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, go back and listen to other ones. You may find something that may be interest to you, may not find any at all. But that's the cool thing of learning from friends. You never know what kind of conversation you should have or could have. So sit down talk to somebody. It may be an old friend. It may be someone that you just met last week. It could be a family member. You never know the stories and things that can unfold. So just give someone your full attention. Give someone your time because that's the thing that you cannot get back is the gift of your time. It's limited. So listeners, my name is Kate Curtis, your tour guide in this lovely adventure that I call learning from friends. And most of all, don't forget to let your curiosity fly high. Thank you.